What is up? Welcome to the Credible Christian Podcast with your host, Christian Rowe. In today's episode, I plan to discuss the idea that Christianity is historically objective. Before we jump in, though, I do have a disclaimer for you. Today's episode will be more difficult than most to understand. The complexity of the topic requires me to engage the writings of researchers and historians that write in a very intellectual style. Nevertheless, I will try my best to define the terms that they use and provide summaries of their arguments throughout today's episode. With all that said, let's go ahead and get into it. To be historically objective means to present an account of what happened in the order in which it happened, apart from biases, presuppositions, and prejudices that might influence the way in which the account is presented. In other words, I want to argue today that Christianity itself has a long history of being historically objective. We can trust that what is written in the Bible is accurate and true, and that it is devoid of self-contradiction. To support this claim, I will be engaging both primary and secondary sources. For those of you who may not know, primary sources are essentially first-hand accounts of what is taking place at that point in time in history, while secondary sources are presented by individuals who gather the information they relay from a primary or other source. Let's use a scenario from World War II as an example. Let's say that your great-grandfather was a soldier during World War II who likes to talk about his personal experiences in battle. Because he was an eyewitness of the events at hand, his testimony and any of his written works, like a diary he kept during the war, for example, would be considered a primary source. Now, if you were to take that information and try to write a book about the history of World War II while relying on your great-grandfather's experience as your sole source, the book that you produce would be considered secondary. One of the secondary sources I will be consulting today is the research of Christian historian James Packer. He says, Christianity in all its forms claims to be a faith based on historical events. It will not, therefore, be credible unless its assertions are based on suitable evidence and not significantly undermined by contrary evidence. Packer continues, For two centuries now, much Western Protestant thinking about Christian origins has been shaped by the pursuit of knowledge, and it has become almost taboo to say that everything important concerning Christian origins is shrouded in deep uncertainty. If that is just a way of saying that there is always some scholar around who will challenge his colleagues' claims, then let the statement stand, for it is true. But if what is meant is that, this being so, nobody is entitled to be certain about Christian origins, I for one must immer. I hold that evidence of this kind is in fact available to us, and supremely so in connection with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To boil down his argument, Packer believes that there is a lot of credible, legitimate evidence that supports the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he would be right. The life of Jesus is well attested to by both the Bible and extra-biblical sources. These are sources that are not directly associated with what is found in Scripture. In fact, there is much more evidence that exists that supports the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus than any that may seem to contradict it. For example, we have the four gospel accounts that are presented to us in the Bible as four primary sources concerning the life and ministry of Jesus. Beyond these four gospels, both the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Peter function as secondary sources that provide additional historical evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Furthermore, 
Three of the early church leaders wrote about the resurrection of Christ, Clement of Rome, Polycarp, and Ignatius. And though it is probable that these leaders would have heard of Jesus' resurrection from the apostles, making them secondary sources to the resurrection, this connection does not discredit their writing. Going back even earlier, Josephus was a Jewish historian who was contemporary with Jesus, making his writings a primary source. Because of his religious heritage being a Jew, it would have been unlikely for him to attribute any sort of deistic qualities to Jesus, but in his writings we find these remarks. He was a wise man, if one could even call him a man. He was the Messiah, and he rose from the dead as the divine prophets foretold with 10,000 other wonderful things about him. This comes from his writings in Antiquities, 1863. With this in mind, it is clear that the resurrection of Christ is a historical event for which both primary and secondary sources exist. Though the writers of these sources may be biased in some way or have their own presuppositions, these biases do not necessarily discredit their writings. Up to this point in the episode, we have examined James Packer's claim that suitable evidence exists for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus by briefly surveying the writings of early historians that have included accounts of Jesus' resurrection in their writings. Now I want us to beg the question, though this evidence exists, is it truly objective? Or has it been placed in our laps by individuals seeking to push a particular narrative and enforce their own perspective? After all, everyone approaches the past with a certain amount of bias with presuppositions based upon background, experience, and convictions. These presuppositions, whether correct or not, are the spectacles with which we view the past. In other words, history seems to lie in the eye of the beholder. Roger Schultz contends that the only moment in time in which there will be an objective standard for all of human history is when the nations are gathered before the Son of Man sitting on his glorious throne and the books are opened on Judgment Day. Until then, we might pursue objective history by following scriptural principles. First, the Christian knows that there is truth and that God has established absolute standards. Certainly, our understanding has limits, our judgments are not perfect, and our knowledge of history is not exhaustive. But because God has revealed truth in his word, we may be assured that true knowledge is possible. Second, the Christian worldview is foundational for a proper understanding of history. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, and truth is his infallible and inscripturated word. Apart from him, the universe quickly falls apart. The denial of the triune God is the denial ultimately of meaning, community, nature, family, life, culture, and all things. Schultz goes on, History is objective and can be objectively known because it is ordained by God. Biblical Christians do not believe that God sits back, watches the unfolding of human history, and then offers his particular interpretation of it. God does not put a divine spin on autonomous details of history. Rather, God is the author of history. Human beings can thus know history truly, though we cannot know it exhaustively. Though finite mortals, we have the true and perfect standard of God. God saw his creation and pronounced it good. Jesus then came in the fullness of time, all things were created for him, and in him all things hold together. And this redemptive work was the central point of history. To summarize Schultz's argument, history cannot exist apart from God. 
God is the author of history, and history cannot be properly understood by Christians today unless we recognize that through Christ and for Christ all things were created. When looking at historical questions such as the resurrection, one should not base their conclusions on notions such as the alleged bias of the ones making claims. Rather, they should examine the evidence for the claims to discover their legitimacy. We can recognize bias in every area and by all people. However, that alone is not enough to show that a person's claim is false. To be good and responsible historians and investigators, we must follow the evidence, and I believe that this evidence leads us to the foot of the cross. To recap, I know that we talked about a lot today, that I used many big words and that the concept itself is a rather complex one, but the point of today's episode is, as I mentioned in the beginning, Christianity is historically objective. We can trust that what is written down in the Bible is accurate and true, and that it is devoid of self-contradiction. And though we may never be absolutely certain of this, for the presence of certainty would undermine the need for faith, we might confidently hold that what is recorded in Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. With all that said, I want to thank you for listening to this episode, encourage you to get connected with Credible Christian on its various platforms, and be on the lookout for upcoming content and other information pertaining to the project by following our Instagram at Credible Christian or liking our Facebook page. This is Christian with Credible Christian, signing off.